0: and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Charlie. And I'm Hannah. And we're 227 things for reading our favourite childhood book, but this time with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode, we're chatting about chapter 25 of Order of the Phoenix. So grab a glass of your favourite alcoholic beverage and join us on this reminiscent journey. Hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome to a new episode. We'd talk about how we are, but it's uh, an hour after the last episode and we've eaten some dominoes. We have. I've got your dominoes? stuffed crust. Oh, was it, it good? It was really good, but also it was like my second dominoes of the week. So, There's nothing wrong you with know. That. Well, I'm more worried that like when I bring my leftovers back, my housemates are going to be like, really? uh, what's wrong with this girl? Really? <laughs> <laughs> they won't care. I'm I'm very excited to eat my leftovers tomorrow yeah i am that was i and we are normally so indecisive for our takeaways and today i yeah. just looked at charlie and i was like i want pizza and i don't want like fancy like franco manca pizza i want like domino's like thick pizza yeah so of course you wanted the one thing i'd already eaten this week sorry you're such an nightmare what do we do now we say hello to the new patrons an astronomical size thank you to anne an even bigger astronomical size thank you to amanda I was so lazy uh, would you say lazy or would you say innovative? A vasectomy size thank you to Vera. A C-section <laughs> size thank you to Carl. The only thing that was coming to mind was cum shot. <laughs> a animatronic cat size thank you to Abby. A hangover size thank you to Holly. A Christmas size thank you to Christina. And a Chelsea size thank you to Chelsea. Uh, I thought you were going to do the whole thing. I thought you were going to do the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea. <laughs> oh i should have done but i feel like it has to that that removes kind of a lot of the alliteration when you add the whole r- it does but borough. it's just funny how ridiculous that borough is <laughs> okay fine hannah just edit me making this spectacular no, no, joke I i'm gonna keep the whole thing uh, in a royal borough of kensington and chelsea size thank you to chelsea i just made that joke all by myself you did uh so they have all joined our patreon where they get access to Bonus episodes, they get access to the Discord. On the Discord, we both do this thing actually now on a Wednesday, which I don't think we ever mentioned on the podcast, where on a Wednesday, so two days after we release an episode, so every other Wednesday, we go on the Discord for an hour just to talk about the new episode yes and there's like a special chat for it so that like when you listen between then you can like catch up on there and then we'll like try and catch it also like it usually happens on a wednesday but like sometimes if we're busy busy or sick or whatever we tend to move it about but like it's normally on a wednesday yeah and like it can vary from like really deep chats like i had such a deep chat with people the other day about our latest episode that i ended up having to like i was like wait stop i had to get my podcast notebook to make notes on what they were saying when are the notes coming up at the end of the book. Fucking hell. And sometimes it's just um, silly and um, dick jokey. Of of, of course it is. And sometimes, most of the time actually, it's our patrons roasting us because that's all they do. Yeah. Well, no, they're nice to you. They're just horrible to me. Anyway, if you would like to pay money to insult us to our virtual faces, then you can do that. So thank you to all those new patrons. But we also have this week's review we do so this is from peanut pride basically all i listen to if you ever wanted proof of the wizarding world it's here charlie and hannah in brackets and neil you didn't need to say that uh create magic i listened to all episodes and then started re-listening to my favorites just because i couldn't wait in between episodes I have the worst mood in the mornings, but this podcast makes me excited to start my commute to work. I love their off-topic tangents almost as much as their HP analysis, but nothing beats the thorough instruction on British geography. Love from Belgium. Thank you, Belgium. Thank you. Wait, (laughs) the person that left it isn't called Belgium. No, they're from Belgium. Oh, I see. That was me making a joke. A joke is a thing that you say for humorous effect. Uh, why? That was a joke that I said for humorous effect. <laughs> <laughs> I you could come up with your own jokes for humorous effect. <laughs> anyway, me anyway. drink. Thank you, Peanut Pride. That's a really, really nice review. <laughs> Peanut Pride. <laughs> Maybe that's not their name because one time someone called Titsuck left us a review and she said then that that wasn't it. Like, she birth. was like Jessica. <laughs> She's like, Apple I didn't something. put that. And I'm like, it came up on Apple, Titsuck. So. What What if this person's name is Peanut Pride, but like, literally, like, first and last, Peanut Pride? Uh, <laughs> tell us your real names. I'm surprised no one has left a review from, like, Titsuck 2, Titsuck 3, <laughs> Titsuck 69. They 69. will now that you said that. I all our reviews will. are going to be from Titsuck <laughs> numbers. Uh, and they're all just going to be like, this podcast is like being with friends. Friends. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. I love Neil.
1: <laughs> it's just like Literally
0: the hack to get read out. Let's just stop re- reading any that say that from now on. Just to make people come up with new compliments no, to feed our egos. So- what if it does make them feel warm and fuzzy? Then they can say that they feel... Um, Hot and dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> then I would suggest going to the doctor. Doesn't sound okay. (laughs) You're having a (laughs) stroke. You might have heat stroke. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god Anyway The alcohol for today's episode Is a really exciting one Because So this person Who is Metalib Has been a, a producer For patron For a really long time But they wanted that alcohol Attached to a specific episode I said all fine and good And told them the date That episode would probably come out <laughs> Based on the assumption That we would still be reading Two chapters per episode That hasn't happened In Order of the Phoenix So Metalib's alcohol Has been pushed back By months and months And months and months But he wanted it attached To chapter 25 When Harry and Cho Go on a date and i respect that yeah so he re- also hannah just massive well done on like Pulling this off, I would have forgotten so long ago. <laughs> at least eight times I've panicked about forgetting it. I also, at one point, accidentally attached it to the wrong episode and only realized a few days ago, and I was like, i made a mistake. Yeah. Anyway, so the alcohol he requested is soju. He suggested Jinro is the best brand, and he suggested strawberry flavored Jinro. We couldn't find Jinro, but we did get a strawberry flavored soju, which I have the bottle of. Mm. This is actually, um, so, chum chum, chum 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 churum mhm chum churum yeah um i want to le- read you a do a dramatic reading of the label on the back okay because also i don't know what soju is it is a well this is specifically korean but i don't know if it is specifically korean or also from other asian <laughs> countries but i'm pretty sure i've had it in korean restaurants so i'm pretty sure it's a, it's a korean liquor yeah so here is what it says on the back which i'm assuming has been um Translated to English for someone from someone who doesn't maybe have the best grasp of the English language. Or Google Translate. Government warning. One. According to the surgeon. <laughs> general Or in Gray's anatomy. <laughs> According to the surgeon. General women should not drink alcoholic beverages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we fucked it, Hannah. <laughs> during pregnancy oh. because of the risk of birth defects. Two. Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery, comma, and may cause health problems. Thank you for that warning. I appreciate it. I appreciate it because I definitely would have gotten shit-faced while I was pregnant and then driven a car and operated and as some machinery or the surgeon says, general women. Yeah, <laughs> I general... think it's meant to say the surgeon general, which I still don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So you've never had soju before? No here we go then cheers cheers we're too far away to clink because of covid that's oh very strongly favored what does this taste like well this is strawberry which normally okay that's the thing He no i mean like oh spirit wise well i think it's like the combination but it literally like i like it because it's like strong enough that you can taste your drinking alcohol but it's weak enough that you can just sip it oh it kind of just i think what i'm thinking of is it literally tastes like like those like flavored waters yeah, it does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. I've got to say, I was a bit disappointed, sorry, Matad, that you recommended strawberry because the one, like, flavour I hate, I hate artificial strawberry flavours. So the soju I've tried before, I think I've tried grape and plain. This of course you've tried plain, plain. plain, absolute. Plain. Um, this is, I mean, I don't love the strawberry flavour, but I do like the soju. Yeah, I like it. It literally just tastes like those flavoured waters. It's about a 13% fucking chug it then. Um, we don't have more, so if you chug it, we have to move on to something else. Oh no! Oh, you mean what I a have shame. to drink more unicorn more liquor, alcohol, more unicorn liquor. Yeah, uh, I like it when we have to buy big bottles of things because then, for days, weeks later after recording, I'm like, "Do you want this? Get out of my house!" Right. Anyway, today we are reading chapter twenty-five, "The Beetle at Bay." Now, are you going to tell me why you don't like this chapter at the beginning or at the end? We might as well chat about it now. So, okay. Hannah texted... What did you text me the other day? I texted you saying, Oh my God, I love this chapter. I'm literally laughing out loud. I read that and I was like, What the fuck? I find it... This funny. It's so funny. (sighs) I... Okay. So when Hannah, the other episode, said that she always skips the hospital chapter... I immediately thought of this chapter because I always skip this, but for nowhere near as, like, serious a reason. I just skip this chapter because... And the thing is, like, I would totally agree. If it wasn't for one part of this chapter, I this chapter's great. Yeah. Like, so much happens. It's all really good stuff. There's, like, a few funny moments. But genuinely, I cannot stress enough how much Cho and Harry's date (laughs) makes me want to kill myself because I cringe that much. It's the equivalent of watching the UK office. office...
1: Like, no, it is. I can't. No, and, uh, a I just that, honestly that went
0: through my head, the equivalent of UK Office. And I think why I enjoyed reading it so much this time. I think normally it like makes me laugh but cringe a lot. This time I enjoyed reading it so much because of the banter we're going to have in this episode. Just yeah, and I was writing true. down every single line that was being said between Harry and Cho because oh, I like, oh, all I of this is I think great. I basically almost skipped over it in my notes because I didn't want to have to comprehend it that much. <laughs> it's what, like, I, I don't just... understand how JK Rowling wrote it because it's so awkward i want to die and i am not a fan you know this i'm not a fan of cringe comedy like i mm. want to prefer the uk office because of course i do I we're can't a british watch harry Potter it. podcast, I but i cannot, cannot watch, watch it i no. cannot watch it no i can't and like even like the first series or two of the u.s office no cr- like i can watch it but like barely yeah i can't do cringe humor and literally like i can't they... watch peep show too cringe don't like it yeah i i i Don't mind it, but yeah, I I do agree. It's like, it's on my limit. But like, I'm glad that they didn't put this in the films. Uh, But also if they did, I would love to see the scene. But Harry is just played by Ricky Gervais just with a bad messy black wig on, glasses and like a lipstick lightning bolt. But then also, Cho is also played by Ricky Gervais. No, 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 no. Cho could be played by like... I mean, I personally love the idea of just double Ricky Gervais. Double Ricky Doing Gervais. Doing like a Lindsay Lohan in the parent trap, but just Ricky Gervais. I was trying to think of a female actress that would That's be a little like really... a like... like really cringe, but like a like bit of like little bit of a little dramatic. of a dramatic. bit Ryan? Catherine Ryan. bit oh, I a little bit of a little bit of a multiple bit of I can never tell if I like her or not. Okay, I don't want to hate her because I don't want to hate one of the only UK female stand... Not one of the only, but one of the only that is no, but let on. No, also she's American. <laughs> well, okay. In the UK, she's on the UK telly all the time. Mm. But she's one of the only people that the UK TV let on to their panel shows because apparently we don't have any other stand-up comedians and it's not because she's like oversaturated i don't want it to come across as that i just hate her i just really hate her yeah i think the fact that i have to ask myself if i like her tells me kind of the answer you know don't you, yeah, you know you know you get yeah. feelings but like because I've just started watching Taskmaster Master. I love I... Taskmaster so good Never. but she's only in like because celebrities are attached to one season no no so like because I've just started watching it oh. so I just watched season two which she's in yeah. so that's why this week I've just been roaming about the streets of London grabbing people going do I like Catherine Ryan joke okay no but I've been like talking to people and be like do, Do I, I like her? her? And yeah, still can't decide. It's like, I get that kind of comedians most of the time on TV are like either a character or like a caricature of themselves yeah. and they make themselves bigger. I think the thing with Catherine Ryan is that I just don't find her funny. No, and I that's, really. That's the thing, I don't find yeah, her funny. Yeah, and you know, I can deal with the annoyingness if I find someone funny. And I genuinely, I don't want this to turn into a whole like feminism female comedian thing because it's like it's nothing to do there are so many female comedians i love i just genuinely don't find her funny and i find her quite obnoxious but then at times i'm like i don't know there's something about her where i'm like do i do i hate you i i don't know i have a hard time making up my mind but i think overall just like like watching her on taskmaster i would just like i just she just is not making me laugh no. and taskmaster is yeah. Fucking brilliant, though. Oh, my God. So I had only seen, like, bits here and there before. Like, my mum and sister love it. So they've had it on a few times in the background. And I think because I'd never fully paid attention to it and had kind of just been launched at, like, random bits of episodes, I didn't really get what was going on. Yeah. So I didn't find it funny. So everyone keeps being like, oh, my God, I love it. It's, like, hilarious. And I'm like, "Mm hmm. Like, I just, like, from what I'd seen, I really didn't find it funny. I think I just didn't get what was happening. And then I started it, literally, the other day. And I've watched, like, the first two seasons already. And I've just been crying laughing. Like, it's... actually crying laughing. That's the thing. I haven't seen but, all the seasons, so I need to go back and w- watch the ones I've missed. Yeah, but also, I think it's making me realise that... I mean, one, I would be really good at Taskmaster. Interesting. Because a lot of the time, you know when they think of, like, really, like, inventive ways of doing things? Yes. That's where my mind goes immediately. Uh... Uh, it, but second, it's also made me realise that I might be a psychopath. I knew that anyway. <laughs> True. But, like... So they did one where they had to like cry as many tears as they possibly could and like collect them. <laughs> uh, if anyone isn't familiar with the concept of Taskmaster, that sounds, I mean, it's weird. And my immediate, when they said that, I was just like, I would just like literally like hurt myself. I would literally just stab myself with something. And then I was like, right, they probably wouldn't let you that. They probably do that. No, probably <laughs> um, ban that but that was sh- like my gut reaction. I was just like, pain. Fine, I'm going to cause myself loads of pain. And then I'm like, it's a, it's a comedy game show. Um, you'll like um, you'll like this. I actually have a whole Notion page on a Taskmaster session I created for my family at Christmas that I have kept because it's, I just played it with my family so I can do it with friends at some point as well. Wait, is in like, what? I was the Taskmaster host and I set them eight tasks and had an entire scoreboard ranking different things and someone was the winner at the end. Why have you not done this? I, oh, because we need lockdown. more than lockdown. We need more <laughs> than just you and Neil. <laughs> You have other friends. Okay, I need to invite them round. Okay, but yeah, have like a, a taskmaster. Night. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, please do this. this yeah, sounds yeah. It's like so know. much fun. It worked really well as well. Anyway, chapter twenty-five, the beetle at bay. So it's the next morning, and the Daily Prophet comes out at breakfast, and it announces the reason why Harry felt a surge of happiness last night. Yeah, ten Death Eaters have escaped from. Azkaban and it like shows them all and lists the crimes they committed so we find out here that Dolohov killed Fabian and Gideon which I'm trying to remember is it ever confirmed in the text that Gideon, Gideon and Fabian not Gadian, which is a mixture of both their names are Molly's brothers because that is fact but I don't know if it's ever confirmed. So because this is a weird thing because later on in this chapter it says about how the people whose relatives were victims have like a weird celebrity to them at this time and it's like so that should be ron but it's it's not said and i feel like i feel like if jk rowling had decided that they were the uncles at this time it would be said because anytime we see ron get anywhere near the level of fame of harry it's always commented on and it's not but i also don't know maybe maybe it comes up later in the books like I Oh, I think, I, definitely, I, I think it's book seven where Harry gets the watch and Molly's like, I think this was my brother Gideon's. Yeah. Something like that. And we realised that they were her brothers. Yeah. But I definitely feel when J.K. Rowling wrote this, at this point she had not decided. Not written that in. Yeah. Yeah. And it also says that Bellatrix tortured and in- incapacitated Neville's parents. So now yeah. everyone Part- knows about Neville. I I hate when things do this where it's like, I don't know where it's like you know your protagonist finds out about something and shortly after by a coincidence everyone else does and it just it just always feels like it's like given away in the text at a certain point for like convenience yeah do you get what I mean it's just like, like so close together although like it doesn't ever really affect the plot that everyone else knows about Neville's parents no but no the, it doesn't like, but I just mean together. in terms of it, I'm just like did you did you have to like I don't yeah. know I don't know what I'm trying to say I just it irritates no, me No, I get what you mean. <clears throat> so there's an interview with Fudge in the newspaper and Fudge still doesn't believe that Voldemort is back and yep. blames the breakout on Black. And the level of incompetence in this man and this bit specifically so vividly reminded me of Boris at the beginning oh, of this yeah. pandemic. I was I was getting angry reading it because it was like This is literally JK predicted the future. She did. Like Fudge does not believe that Voldemort's coming back and his ineptitude in not putting in place things that could have prevented his rise causes more death later on. Boris didn't attend six Cobra meetings when they were talking about the pandemic, buried his head in the sand, and then we became the worst of all European un- countries, despite the fact we're an island. Yeah. Um, and still he refuses to admit any fault. Uh, it's also mentioned that Fudge has informed the Muggle Prime Minister, which I just I, I just it. like this because it's like kind of a reference to like a future chapter. Yeah. Which is like one of my all-time favourite, if not my favourite chapter in the yeah. entire of Harry Potter. Yeah. And I just like this is just like a little sprinkle. Like, oh, that's the just, thing. I would I, I would love to read a perspective of every single moment they met. Yeah, literally like so like I just I just, my love of that chapter, it, it just makes me sad that Harry Potter wasn't written in the style of Game of Thrones. I understand why it isn't for a child. No, I, book, I do. But I would like an adult text or a Game of Thrones style TV show from everyone else's perspective because like there's, it's so much richer. Yeah. So the newspaper then says in a different article that Bode has been strangled to death by a pot plant and the trio realised that they witnessed the pot plant being brought in, which yeah. what a horrible thing to realise, like... They all, like, say it can't be their fault. But, like, even if something isn't your fault, it's the same way when you witness anything. You you assign yourself a level of blame. Yeah. I will say, though, if you had to go being strangled by a plant, like, pretty good. Like, choking, good. Plant's good. You know? <laughs> like, obviously it's not ideal, but, like, if you've got to die somehow. Sure. Ju- and, like, not by just, like, natural causes. Or varda cadavra, which is instant. I'd go with that. Yeah, being choked out by... by a pot plant. Yeah. Anyway, Ron conveniently remembers at this point, despite the fact they've talked about Bode a few times, that he is an unspeakable at the Department of Mysteries. Like, <laughs> I mean, kind of realistic. He might have been sitting there for a while like, I know, I know, Bode. I know, I know, Bode. And he's just like, aha, he's or an unspeakable. he was just waiting for like the most dramatic moment to reveal that information. Yeah. He just lives for the drama. He does. Lives for the drama, But we still don't know really any information about bode and i really i really do like this whole bode thing because it's so such a tiny thing that is sprinkled throughout the entire book beginning to end but also it makes us realize that there are these casualties of voldemort's reign that are like not related to harry like harry isn't he's like a bit horrified by what happens to bode mm-hmm. but like voldemort's reign is not just affecting harry and harry's life anymore we get this expansion of the wizarding world and these like random people are just dying not that Harry really ever Harry only cares when it's about him. He's like, oh, some random guys died, that's fine. Oh, someone I know. They died for me. Yeah. Ugh. And that's the thing up until book seven, he's like, up until the end of book seven, he's like, they've died for me. And someone has to be like, No, they fucking didn't. They died for themselves. You're not everything is about you. You could you. not exist right now. That person still would've died. Yeah. Like, oh God's yeah. Um, so Hagrid has been placed on probation sad yeah the whole school is talking about the escaped death eaters and i also pulled out the line the crimes they had committed by Voldemort's strain of terror were legendary and i what i pointed out that okay so the crimes committed were legendary so surely wizarding people like ron knew about neville's parents like this is a legendary thing a huge court case and like yeah but, i mean but like ron would have been like a child I know, at I the know. time. I know, but it's and, like weird. It wasn't like passed down to him, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah, but I guess like maybe like maybe one like I don't know when when do you sit your child down and tell them about that kind of thing? I don't know. I guess it's a background to the mo. Because even his older brothers were like cognizant children during that first world war who did know about these things so it's just like it's not sitting down and talking about it it's more that ron will have heard about everything in passing continuously but like i don't know if you say that kind of thing in passing like that's really fucking heavy just to mention it in front of a child so then it kind of becomes a thing if they if you ever tell them like i don't know like my granddad and i'm sure like your granddad's as well like fought in the war yeah. and like my granddad I mean he only just started to speak about it like towards the end of his life yeah and that was mostly because like my sister like studied history and it was more from like a kind of having to pass down information but it was like he you know he didn't really love to speak about it and like didn't I'm sure there was a lot that he didn't speak about and I guess like it's I'm sure it's the same thing for like Mr. and Mrs. Weasley like yeah it's just weird that like The other... Harry mentions that, like, the crimes are legendary, but everyone at the school, because bear in mind, there was only two years above them, would not be old enough to remember these things, so therefore they're legendary from being passed down. Yeah, I guess maybe legendary is just the wrong word. Yeah. I guess it's... I don't know. I I don't know what happened, you know, after, I don't know, I say, like, any of the world wars, but, like, just any war now, like, you fought in that, like, how do you say that and tell your children i don't know yeah i just i i don't know if you do yeah but therefore i found it weird that yeah the school like the school keeps all asking like susan bones mentions that she's absolutely sick of like hearing Mm. people asking her about things because her aunt uncle and cousin got murdered yeah yeah so i'm like why would you go up and ask susan that just like hey your aunt and uncle got murdered want to talk about it no no she doesn't yeah weird yeah, I mean, I do, I do like the line that it uses about, and I can't, I didn't write it down exactly for some reason, but like about the kind of weird kind of like morbid fame yeah. that they end up having. Because like, I spoke about it before, I think on the podcast, but like when my friend died, when I was in high school, and then like the, like, People day and a few days stuff, after yeah. was just like unbearable because it was just like, stop asking me if I'm okay. Yeah. Like, just leave, leave me, me alone. alone. Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of thing. And like, just everyone looking at anyone that like, was friends with her and stuff. Like, so like, I get that. Like, yeah when there's that line i'm like i get that like yeah. yeah yeah i think it's like a really good way of putting it yeah but the good thing about this whole thing is some of the students seem to seem as if they are starting to believe harry um, and this obviously sets off some cogs in hermione's brain which we'll get to every divination and care of magical creatures class is now being monitored which how how umbridge teaches defense against the dark hearts which is a compulsory lesson and newt students take it how on earth does she have enough time to be monitoring two other te- every single lesson of two other teachers? Maybe, it physically doesn't make sense. Maybe it's some kind of like magical monitoring or oh, she's got a time turner. Maybe that's why he, she seems starting to seem so harassed, she's got a time turner. Yeah, maybe. But you see like there there is like surely like wizarding forms of like surveillance. I don't know, Harry makes it sound like she is literally standing there because he says stuff about how like she keeps asking Trelawney questions and things like that. Yeah, maybe yeah, I I like the idea of her having a time turner. Or it's just J.K. Rowling not be able to work out simple things again, like the fact that Hermione takes one extra subject to the boys despite the fact that they have full timetables. Yes. Trelawney's turn to drink. Harry mentions that he keeps smelling cooking sherry off her, which is sad actually. Sad because I just get a better booze yeah like why are you drinking cooking sherry like what are you doing yeah also what's cooking sherry so just cheap it's sherry it's sherry that you cook with god hannah but i don't think there's a specific one he just means the cheapest sherry yeah. right yeah which is just like <laughs> maybe actually when i when i go out drinking i'm just gonna start doing that just like rather than being like oh yeah can i have the house white please i'm gonna be like yeah can i have your cooking white (laughs) like can i have the white that you would can i have the leftover from what you've put in the white sauce (laughs) yeah (laughs) i've told you the sherry cherry story of neil's haven't i i don't know tell it for the podcast neil was at a club when he was in university and he was meeting a friend we went to school with who went to a university not too far away and they were at the bar and It's obviously very loud. And she goes, "Um, Do you want a shot? I'm getting sours. And Neil replies, Yeah, I'll have cherry if they've got it. Zoe, because the bar is so loud, hears sherry and asks the barman, Do you have sherry? And he goes, No. And she's like, They haven't got it. And Neil's like, Okay, that's fine. I'll have apple. And Zoe's just like, Okay, get some apple sours doesn't think anything of it well no she thinks he's bizarre Neil doesn't think yeah. anything of it because he hasn't heard what she said because it's so loud six months later Zoe is around my house with a lot of our friends from home not Neil and um she's like oh and we were talking about Neil and we were like this was before we were going out and we were like how is he and Zoe's like yeah yeah I went to a club night with him really weird though <laughs> um because we because she was like he didn't used to drink in school and I was like no no because no, he used to drive Everywhere, because he lived on a farm in the middle of nowhere. And she was like, right, yeah, really weird. He started drinking, but he ordered, he asked me to get him a shot of sherry. <laughs> and then another three months passes. No, another like year passes to the point where we keep making jokes in front of Neil of being like, oh, you want a sherry though? And by the third time we do it, he's like, sorry, what is this joke? <laughs> so a year later, like a year and a half later, we're like, because she tried to order a shot of sherry with Zoe. And he was like, cherry. Cherry cherry <laughs> sours oh uh, i hate that so much i just hate it why do you hate it i just think it's like it's a kind of thing where it's just like that would make me so anxious like, i don't know it why. became a thing for over a year we all thought neil was a weirdo and had an in joke about him drinking sherry that he was yeah. not aware of that's like the kind of thing that i'm really really bad at of like i would just like if I was like in Neil's shoes here, I would somehow just like really internalize this and like being like, oh, that reflects badly on me. Even though, in no way, in no way, I just, I don't know, I can't explain the inner workings of my brain. But I mean, that is hilarious. But also, it just makes me feel really anxious. <laughs> what if it I never just, like, got sorted and for the rest of our lives, we thought he was a sherry in a club drinker? Yeah, I think I'm just someone that spends like a lot of time like worrying about like, what if... <laughs> <laughs> no, like. Not even but kind of but like worrying about like whether I know how to behave normally in like social, social situations, situations. Yeah. and fucking ordering a sherry that's not like that's not normal sorry to any sherry drinkers it's not normal in a club like so like' drinking where you're reading a book and you're drinking a sherry I'm sure that's fine it's also not normal for Trelawney because she's drunk all the time but I understand why I'm not even off good sherry cheap sherry. Harry talks about the DA and says that Neville is working so hard in the DA that he doesn't care if he's getting injured. He isn't speaking to anyone, but he is the second fastest to learn a shield charm to Hermione. And I just wrote like 10 love hearts. And I was like, Neville! Because that's the thing. Some people like, it's so shocking in book seven when Neville comes back. I'm like, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. The glow up begins here. He always had it in him. But it starts here. And, and he's it's so hot. determined. He's like, it's so hot. determined. Oh, it's so hot. He's got it all inside of him. Oh, yeah, he does. And I want it all inside of like me. me. <laughs> he marries Hannah Abbott, my namesake, so you can fuck off. Damn it. Why could he not marry Charlie Weasley? <laughs> <laughs> I loved when someone was, there's still somebody, when we like tweeted ages ago, being like, what house do you think Hannah and Charlie in? And someone was like, we know what house Charlie Weasley was in. And we were like, the, the podcast the, Charlie. The, Me. The, the, the most <laughs> important Charlie related to Harry Potter. I love that like a lot of people find our website by googling Charlie Weasley. It's actually quite scary how many people yeah, do that. They'll, like, they'll Google like Charlie, Charlie and Harry, Potter. And Harry Potter. Potter. No, they normally just do Charlie Harry Potter because um, they like... Actually, I was going to say, oh, they clearly don't remember his last name. No, that makes no sense. They're just googling it. They're just, yeah, but they just google like Weirdly Charlie Harry Potter. doesn't work for Hannah so much, which I don't know I guess why. no one's googling Hannah Ad- Abbott. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Google at Hannah Rabbit, she marries Neville. Harry is unfortunately not improving with his occlumency classes, and he is now feeling pretty much everything Voldy is feeling. Oh, also, can I just say we did we missed the bit where uh, Hermione does her like usual like cryptic running off thing. And then like Ron's like, oh, I hate when she does that. I like and think it's like... she does it really regularly. No, but we know that she, <laughs> she does. does. She does. She contextually it does it this all the fucking th- 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 time. And thing. I swear other things than that. And it's like, also like, Ron's kind of joking when he says it, but obviously he's not. Because like, when she did this in book two, she didn't come back. <laughs> yeah, she literally, that's the thing. Ron's like, oh, how awful. I'm like, Ron must he... feel bad because Hermione did this in book two, literally got petrified. And he must think, if she had told me, we would have gone with her. Or at least I. I would have because harry had to play quidditch and then she ended up petrified i assume that yeah. was ron's thought process and also he's like he makes a joke out of it and he's like it would take her ten two seconds, seconds yeah like would it and really it's like, yeah. take her and also because like if she has some kind of key information like she did in book two tell other people even is it even if it's just a theory because you might get <laughs> fucking petrified by a giant a snake, snake and then that information might die with you that's the thing she's i think it's because her brain is moving so much faster than everyone else She's like, don't have time to explain. I'm like, but yes, then she you could do. be like, Slow come down. with me. I'll explain like, on the, the way. Road. And the boys are like, no, I'm eating my third helping of pudding. Ugh. Men, <laughs> men. I, no, but I do really like Ron. Is like, would it kill her to tell us what she's doing? I'm like, no, yeah. it wouldn't. She does need to be better. It's very funny, but also like very like. Actually, I, do, yeah, I didn't skip over that. I wrote Hermione gets a letter at breakfast. My note before that was, it's February fourteenth now anyway it's february 14th now yes. hermione gets a letter at breakfast runs off but tells harry to meet her at the three broomsticks at 12 and bring cho if he must she then says he's then like what what why and he's she's like don't have time to explain i'm like Yes, you do. You've just asked him to interrupt his date, which you helped plan for him by dragging Ron out of the way and asking if you were going to date her. And now you're like, hello, I would like to sabotage your date and not tell you why. Yeah, It's ridiculous that she doesn't tell him. I think the only reason I can think is that maybe she does purposely avoid telling him because she thinks if she she told him the reason to go to the pub, he wouldn't come. Because he doesn't want to do the interview. But yeah, I mean, I had notes on this later on. uh, But I think that this is out of order, horrendous dick move from Hermione. And I think this is like part of what we keep saying in this book is Hermione being a fucking dick. Okay, I have like mixed feelings about the article. And I I will go into it later about like why it's such a good thing. But I I think it's a good Harry is like insane. Like, yeah, he might say no, but you brought him around on the DA. Just bring him around on the subject. Yeah, it... It's not fair, like... Hello, like, speak launch... about your world's biggest trauma. Off you go. Yeah, it, it, it's not fair to just launch that on him. No, And just, yeah, have to, like, and trigger also, himself. And also, like... she was like, bring Cho. I was like, sorry, you want him to bring his date to the pub to listen to him relieve the death of Cho's boyfriend? Hermione, your planning on this was batshit insane. Yeah. Like, hello, Cho, come on this date. I'm going to talk about watching your boyfriend die. Exactly. Cho would probably would have liked that because she has no one to talk yeah. to about it and would like to hear it. But, yeah, you know. it made no sense. It's one of the things that clearly is your JK just doing things for the drama. Dr- well, yeah, uh, that's the thing. It's the dramatic effect when Harry doesn't know what the interview is. Yeah, and also like you know then fucking things up with Cho like that drama but yeah I just think it's a dick move from Hermione like you cannot spring that on someone and also like that kind of thing like I I kind of would have to mentally prepare what I was going to say especially when you're essentially trying to like convince people Mm. if you just like asked me I on the spot I would just forget so much and it wouldn't be good well I think it actually implies that the because at one point i was like why even bother asking rita they could just write down the account themselves i had this note it implies in the next chapter i think harry says something about how rita had really pressed him for every detail she wouldn't let anything go she kept asking about things and i was like okay a that's why hermione wants a natural journalist and b that's why maybe harry didn't need to prep because rita was picking up on everything because at the end of the day although she's a, a horrible journalist she is a good journalist she is good at her yeah. job yeah i actually when i was making my notes i thought about have you seen the meme going around lately where it's like you know uh, the fucking film cruella yes i haven't seen it but have you seen all the jokes because i mean C- cruella spoilers coming up in it her whole villain ol- origin story is that her parents were killed by some dalmatians no it is no it isn't no it is, <laughs> it isn't. No, it Shut- is. <laughs>
1: God. And there's
0: there's multiple people that when they announced the Corella thing, like made jokey tweet tweets or Tumblr posts, be like, Lol, like how are they gonna human humanize and like like she kills dogs? Like, how are you gonna try you and like humanize someone who kills humanize dogs. someone that kills dogs? Dogs like, what are they gonna do? Have her uh, parents killed by some Dalmatians, and then the film came out and that genuinely what they did but anyway because of that people have been like tweeting meme where they're like oh like what villain origin story do you want to see next and then people are kind of i mean some people did actually like serious replies and then some people have been like you know the advert where it's like the woman like on the phone pretending to be from a call center and she's like oh can you be like your first and last for your like security digit And then she's like, oh, sorry, I missed that. Sorry, can you give me like your like second and third? Uh, And then she's like, did you see what I did there? People would be like screenshotting her being like, that's the villain origin story that I (laughs) want. Did you see what I did there? so dramatic sorry for anyone that like try and google that advert um very funny anyway so when i was reading this i was like no but genuinely Rita Skeeter i want her Her origin origin story of like the ambitious young journalist that like in a male-dominated industry probably but also in like an industry where it's like how the fuck do you learn to be a journalist when you're a wizard when like there's no further education and it's just like oh join the wizard cops or or fucking the government or some shit, and the you know maybe the government <laughs> exactly. And then maybe maybe she went to like Muggle University to learn Ooh. journalism uh, because she had all these like great aspirations to become like a real really proper journalist. like wizarding journalist. I like it. I like and then it. she kind of re-entered the wizarding society and realized that literally the only place that she could write for was the government owned newspaper. Yep. And then she slowly became like disenfranchised with yep. like the entire thing and just sunk to this level of like having to do this like ho- all these horrible like I like it takedown pieces. I like it. I like it. And that's why she has actual journalism skills despite there being no wizarding higher education. She's a she's a good journalist she just writes shitty things yeah i mean which to be honest in our society is clark that makes that, is that classes you as a good journalist so anyway hermione runs off and harry feels very apprehensive for his date with cho but goes and meets her in the entrance hall and he thinks <laughs> he's like what will we talk about and like okay here's the thing on one hand i was like oh I, so i kept getting torn with the chapter with harry because i was like oh my god you can't even talk to the girl you have a crush on like you have nothing in common and then on the other hand i was like try to remember what it was like when i was 15 like really try and i was like yeah, a lot of this, like the one I wrote down that was really, really like on point was Harry was horribly aware of his arms. That is so true. Still to this day, if I'm entering like an, a social situation, I'm unsure and I'm like, my arms, are they swinging too much? Should I hold them? Where do I put them? Where I, do arms go? I'm going to just start telling you at random times to make you anxious gonna be like, Hannah, you're, you're moving your arms way no, too you much. No, don't. No, Charlie, don't. Own. I'm it. Really it's gonna be like one of those things where it's like you suddenly become aware of like how you're breathing and then you can't like not but like i'm just gonna keep doing that to you and be like hannah what are you doing with your arms no. just so that you become really hyper conscious of what you're doing with your arms am okay. i a bad person yeah um so yeah harry what what like but, is apprehensive about what they're going to talk about and i'm like you've liked this girl for two years and you don't know how to have a conversation with her what have you fancied her for what has made you fancy her you don't know what to talk about but also just just to swing back to your point about like being 15 and not knowing what to do with your arms I would like to point out that you've been in a relationship for fucking ever uh, that's that's just still a thing on dates and I relate to Harry in the whole oh what am I gonna say what am I doing with my okay, arms no, blah, blah, blah. I thought of that like I know that when you date people like in your adulthood you're like what am I gonna talk to them about but what i wrote was like i don't have an issue with that it's the fact that harry has liked this girl for two years and doesn't know what they're going to talk about if it's a first date where you haven't met them and you've only chatted on apps before that's different but like he's liked this girl for two years then uh, then he's like what do i talk to her about i'm like why did you like her you don't know what to talk to her about yeah she liked it because she gets pretty and she plays quidditch yeah and i think like the times when i've kind of been on like dates where it's like someone that i've liked and like known for a while like I just have sex with them. Like, sure. there is no pressure to actually make a conversation and talk to someone when you have. <laughs> sex. Bless you. Their penis in your mouth. Sorry, your sneeze kind of just like really cut that center. Penis up in your a mouth. A, yeah, yeah, I mean, that we is know a good. Point. Harry just has fallen in love with her from watching her play Quidditch. But it, it's like a really and like obviously like he's a teenage boy but like it is like a really shallow thing 100%. she's like she's hot and sporty Ugh. and like i get that it's shallow because he was 13 when he started liking her i totally get it but also it's really painful to read um so then he they do manage to find a conversation as they leave the castle it's also just like weirdly sexist it's like harry like one of your best friends as a girl you have no right to be like oh what am I going to talk to a girl about like no and this is what I pointed out so they start to talk about Quidditch and Harry's like wow this is easy as easy as talking to Ron and Hermione. I'm it's... like, no shit. Like what? <laughs> Number she's... one, it should be. Number two, Hermione is a girl. She... It, it's literally him being like, this is a girl that I find physically attractive. They're sure for she must not have a brain cell or like a personality. And Harry's and this... really weird how he thinks about Hermione. And it comes up in the next chapter because I don't want to spoil it too much. But the bit where he's like, I don't think you're ugly. But I'm like, Harry, in the books, you have never had a cognitive thing where you break down how you feel about Hermione. But but Until, like, book seven. Yeah, but that's because he doesn't think of anyone but but himself. Yeah. But he's, um, like, never questions that it's difficult to talk to Hermione. And then they're, like, questions it's difficult to talk to Cho. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. This is why he's Manic, Pic- Manic Pixie daydreamed Girl, her. Mm. Because he's, like, he's obsessed with her and really likes her and fancies her. And then he's, like shocked when he realizes that she's actually like an Aww. independent like sent- sentient like individual like that she exists outside of him and, and he's sh- he's shocked and but he's also constantly disappointed with her when he's with her in real life yeah he only likes her when he's thinking about her on his own every time he's with her in person something about her annoys him because he never knew her properly yeah but that is like and it's quite a nice thing to appear in a book although we shit harry for it because we have all done that especially as a teenager like i definitely did that with boys in school like liked them with barely ever having a one-on-one interaction with them and like really like imagined what they were like like i remember i did it with this guy uh, that i used to go swimming with and he had really nice hair and like my uh, them my mum knew his mum and like I would like build him off my head because I was like, he's so nice. And like, because some boys in my class were mean to be, but this guy at swimming was like, nice. He was just polite. <laughs> but I was like, he's so nice. La, 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 la. I never actually knew him that well. Mm. You just build this shit up in your head. That's really interesting. I feel like I kind of, in a way, did the opposite. Like, I I don't think I've like ever done that. At least definitely not like in high school. Oh God, I still do but, it now. Honey, Hannah, you're with someone. yes. <laughs> No, but, like, I don't think I ever did that in high school. What I did in high school was a lot of, like, actually getting to know people and then thinking that, like, because it was, like, a guy that I'd talked to, like, a bit, that I had to have feelings mm. for them. Mm-hmm. And, like, literally did this, like, so many fucking times. Like, so many times. where And it was just, like, I didn't actually have feelings for them. It was more, I'm like, but I've gotten to know them. So, like, sometimes I say things, right, And, like, you know those people, there's a word for it, I can't remember, but those people that are, like, lesbians that go, like, many, many years thinking that they're, like, bi or that they're straight. Sure, yeah. But because they, like, I can't remember the word, but they essentially, like, replicate attraction to men. Yeah. And, like, fully, sometimes I say things like, what I just said, I'm like, hmm is that normal <laughs> or no. am I a lesbian? <laughs> you might be, but no, I, th- I think I also did elements of that as well. Like I remember in the beginning of Six One when this new guy joined school and I made friends with him and I was like, he's new because there's no one else. I've known all these other people for five years and I get on with him. Therefore, I must have feelings for him. And then he started dating one of of my friends. And I was literally like, I do not have feelings for this guy. I actually don't like him very much. And I was literally, but my brain was like, he is new and you get on with him as a friend. Therefore, you must like him. I don't think I ever actually liked him at all. I literally dated my best friend three separate times and it completely ruined our friendship because I was like, here's a boy that I'm close with. Maybe you are And a everyone says that we should be together. So I was just with him and then I didn't actually have feelings for him. And because I was a dumb, selfish 16 year old that didn't know how to handle it, I just repeatedly cheated on him. Maybe you're a lesbian. Maybe I am a lesbian. Would it genuinely explain, like, I'm not even kidding, it genuinely would explain a lot. But also, like, if I was a lesbian, I probably wouldn't be as terrified of women because that's a bisexual thing. Maybe I need more therapy is what I'm hearing from this conversation. <laughs> Maybe we should move back on to two people who definitely <laughs> need therapy. <laughs> yes. Um so they walk down to Quidditch. Harry, yeah, remarks that Cho is as easy as talking to you to Ron Hermione. And like I know you don't realise this as a teenager. But the person that you're romantically involved in with should be as easy to talk to as a friend. You don't have to talk to them about the same things, but it should be as easy if you actually want to go out with them. But Harry yeah. doesn't know this yet. Pansy Parkinson, in a new low for this character, screams at Cho about Cedric on the walk down, which obviously sets Cho off a bit. Which, like, I know Pansy Parkinson is a cowbag, but wow, she gets worse throughout the books. <laughs> kind of like her. I know. I kind of have like a weird respect for her. I, guess... like, I think her insults are better than Draco's. And that's oh, yeah. why I have respect for her. Yeah. And there's <laughs> also like a certain comedic level to it where obviously I never, ever, ever condone bullying. No. However, if, if you're gonna do it, Do it comedically. I think this is obviously a really horrible, unacceptable thing to do. It's also quite morbidly funny. Also, I find her funny because Hermione clearly hates her more than she hates Draco, which is saying something. Hermione literally explains a lot about Hermione's character. A hundred percent. But she hates Pansy to the point where Harry's kind of like... Ugh, Pansy's a bit annoying, and Hermione's like, that she calls her a cow at one point. Yeah, maybe this is not actually Pansy. Maybe Pansy is tragically misunderstood. She's maybe not. She just screamed at a girl about her dead ex boyfriend. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. In this situation, someone needs to because what is going on here is not healthy. These two characters do not need to go on a date. They need to go on a date with a therapist, but not a date. They just need to have a fucking therapy session with a therapist. Maybe this is Pansy's way of being like, I'm not friends with these people and I'm on like a different... I don't want to say team, but like, you know, like a different team. I'm in a no, different Pansy's house than them. She's a bitch. So, Okay. I'm not saying this is actually, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying this. Spitballing, sure. Yeah. Uh, devil's advocate. Hate that saying, but, you know, this is what I'm doing. But like, maybe she's like, okay, I can't actually, I'm concerned about this. <laughs> This is not right. Maybe she's the only person fucking Hogwarts with a level head about this. So maybe she's like, I need to put an end to this for these two characters' sake. Uh, but it's not like I can reach out to them as a friend because I'm not a friend. And even if I try to be a friend, they're not going to be receptive to it. So my only way to try and fuck up what's, what's going on here before they both traumatise each other even more is by hurling abuse at them. It's a theory. It is. I'm just saying that's my level of communication standards mm-hmm. maybe pansy's the same maybe i just really like pansy's development in the book yeah i like that <laughs> i just really i'm coming up with so many villain origin stories you are, today you are. they get to the village and harry's like what do you want to do i'm like why did neither of you plan this honestly they're like let's just go to hogsmeade what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you're there? Just plan something, please. This oh is my God. Not not a <laughs> it's good horrific. day. Harry's worse than useless. They look in a few shops and then it starts to rain and Cho leads him to a coffee shop. Fine. Normal. Whatever. Which Harry just finds gross. He's like, ew, f- frills. <laughs> now I'm on <sighs> Harry's side here. This is cringe. It's a coffee shop. Yeah, like that's all like with doilies and love hearts and the weird... Is there ever a weird Cupid thing? Did I imagine there that? There is a weird Cupid thing. Okay, I just sort of like maybe a slightly like obscure niche cultural reference that I'm going to make for anyone out there. Tenth Kingdom. What is... Oh my god. Can someone explain to me the reference that I'm trying to make? Because it's not fully coming to mind. Basically, the cultural reference I was trying to make is a bit in this show called Tenth Kingdom where <laughs> this guy buys like a ring to propose and it's like this like... It's like in like an oyster shell and it like sings and there's like sparkles and flowers and it's like the most like garish like proposal ever. And for some reason, that's just what I associate this tea room with. I don't know why, but that's um. I would enjoy hearing if you guys uh, have seen 10th Kingdom because my joy for making like cultural references on the podcast is literally like so that people tweet me like, yeah, I've seen her And I'm like, yes. So once in the coffee shop, Harry... <laughs> Realizes that all the other couples are holding hands and goes into a complete tailspin panic about Cho expecting him to hold her hand. And again, here's the thing I was like, this is so silly. Like, does he even want to hold her hand? Like, you know, he's panicking about this so much. But then I had this memory the day the my first boyfriend, like, like, we kind of got together, started going out, and I remember he held my hand, and I was like, whoa, oh my god, do I want to hold his hand? Oh my god, holding hands, whoa! Even though I'd held hands with people before, but it was like, because I liked him, it was like, whoa! So I, I, and then I was like, okay, no, I do get what Harry's saying here. Yeah, I remember, like, because, I don't know, my first holding hands experiences were, like, when you kind of, like, walk around, like, awkwardly with each other, like, at, like, school on like lunch break and stuff you just like I walk around to, like the school outside <laughs> oh fucking loser and like i remember i'm trying to think who this was with one of the many boys that i held hands many with in high men. school i don't want to say but i was a slut i had like a full-on conversation with them at one point Must has been like the first boy that i ever held hands with where we like i don't want to say that we couldn't work it out but we essentially had like I like actual like discussion and like ex- like kind of worked out and experimented with each other like what actually was sure. like the most comfortable sure, way to that's do a it sensible conversation i and, understand but, yeah that just yeah this is this is harry in this moment he's like how, how yeah and also all these couples are holding hands while sitting down in a coffee shop how does one hold hands while sitting down in a coffee shop just across the table. Oh, so he means they're like this or like this across the table. Yeah, because like I've had this on dates before where it's that awkward thing where it's like, are we meant to be touching? Yeah, yeah. you kind of like, maybe you do want to hold their hand. So you kind of like pointedly will rest it on the table and and then you're like, and then it's awkward yeah. when you need a drink and you're like,
1: yeah your left
0: hand literally and like yeah just yep. that thing and or worse when you don't want to hold that hand or similar or like anything and you like notice them like edge towards <laughs> you because like that was the thing that I had like on the most recent day I went on even though he was really hot and I wasn't into it and then like halfway through the date became very aware that his body language was very like leaning mm-hmm. towards me and even though he was gorgeous just because he was dull as fuck I was like Physically leaning away. Again, maybe I'm a lesbian because he was gorgeous. I just got of this episode, Charlie Realises She's a Lesbian. A lesbian but but still dates many men. It, exclusively men. Yeah, it's like that thing. It's like awkward when like you notice that they're like their body language is going all for like holdy hands and you're it's, just like, no. I think it's just what Harry is aware of now is every single minute minute detail of his and chose body language and like I I am trying desperately to remember when I was his age and I I I do get it that's the thing like I want to level a lot of criticism on him and then I'm like no this shit is hard and also like they're literally out of school on a date like most surrounded by their school people yeah it's like a very awkward situation they're watched by their peers and everyone is known to Harry and also he's younger than her and he's like her like Old boyfriend was older and, like, they probably did stuff. And, like, I like the first, like, guy that I ever had sex with, like, he, like, wasn't a virgin. He'd had sex with, like, multiple women. And that was, like, terrifying to me. Because I was like, but he knows what he's doing. Turns out I fucking didn't. And I was like, I'm not going to know what I'm doing. Turns out I fucking did. Moral of the story is, men are bad in bed. (laughs) So, Harry because he doesn't know whether to take Cho's hand or not, settles by not looking at her. Mate, I'm sorry. I just realised I said another thing that implies I'm a lesbian. (laughs) Uh,
1: Just keeps happening.
0: Just Um, keeps happening. Yeah. Harry refuses to look at Cho because other couples are kissing and he he feels awkward about that. Uh, But also he doesn't start a conversation. He's like, it's so awkward. we're We're not talking. And doesn't instigate a conversation. I'm like, Harry, if you're finding it awkward, you've just got you to gotta say something. Cho mentions Umbridge and Harry's like, yes, oh my God, I want her to die. Great, this is a conversation. And then there's another silence, which Harry decides to fill by saying, do you want to come to the three broomsticks with me at lunch? I'm meeting Hermione and like, okay, I do understand why Harry thought this was completely innocent because he has never thought of Hermione in a romantic way And as far as he knows, Cho knows Hermione, so, like, knows they're friends. But then I remembered that article came out in fourth year in which weekly that implied that Hermione had thrown Harry over for crumb. And, like, it didn't really get cleared up. Like, Mrs. Weasley believed it for half a year. So, like, I think a lot of the school think that Harry and Hermione have dated. But (sighs) I just disagree because it's like, it's just fucking common sense that there's no way he would be on a date and invite his date to another date. Like, that's just not a thing. And it's also the kind of thing, just fucking communicate. This is why I I just, it's getting on. This is why I hate Cho. Yeah. but this- at this point where she gets very angry, I'm like, you do have jealousy issues. And this hasn't got anything to do with Cedric and your trauma. You actually do have jealousy issues. Yeah. She is that... She's not comfortable with Harry having a close female friend. No, she's not. And like, this is a thing. And I mean, don't get me... Like, it still happens like a lot in adults. But I think it's like very, very prevalent in like teenage girls. Because one, I genuinely think that there is a culture around like it being seen as, like, cool and funny to be, like, a psychotoxic girlfriend. It's something that when you have... Because it's it's abuse, it's straight-up abuse. When you have those, like, abusive traits and when it's a a woman doing it to a man it's seen as like comedic and like ha- light-hearted yeah when you have it the other way around it's seen as abusive yeah but it's not taken seriously when it's a woman and i think that like you see it so much like yes you see it in adults but a lot a lot as teenagers of like teenage girls and it, it's because you know it, it, it's immaturity and inexperience and they're like next level controlling and toxic and it's also hormones like they're irrational I think, and what, like, don't get me wrong, like saying this, obviously you see it in men as well. But what I'm saying is that like, when it's in women, it's it, it's seen as harmless, even humorous. And I think this is what we get with Cho here. It's uh, not wanting to have him to have female friends, not wanting to communicate rather than communicate to clear this up. Like she literally the normal thing to do here would be go, oh, why? Yeah, like what Like why? literally just why say what and then rather than communicating she like even she if then... she's annoyed, say, "Oh, I thought we were spending the whole day together. Like, why yeah. are you meeting him?" Yeah. Uh but then she tries to make him jealous in a way that's not only shitty to Harry, but it's also shitty to the other couple. And like in a weird way where also it's like, "Oh, like he asked me out and then it's like 2 weeks ago, but then he's got a girlfriend and it's like and you're saying this on like the table next to them, essentially being like, "Oh, well he wanted me, but he's with you now." Like in my head. I know this isn't supported in text, so I'm not actually counting this as why I hate Joe, but I'm just saying in my head canon, I think she said it really loudly. Right, I see, I see. I think there's also- And then then also, then like it's trying to make him jealous and then fucking re-triggers him then by trying to make him talk about Cedric's death. Like it's toxic. And obviously some of this is explained or exaggerated by the trauma she's been through in Cedric's death. Do have to acknowledge that. But I think a lot of this is just how she is anyway. And I think that this is part of like the kind of- downfall of like Harry's uh picture of her in his head where he's like manic pixie daydreamed her and then you know she's not this like cool chill sporty girl but she is this actual like person with her own like problems and insecurities and it's he's done like he's he's part manic pixie daydreamed her girl to her and then he's part done the gone girl like cool speech have you seen gone girl yes obviously and i've read the book he's done the whole gone girl cool speech where he thinks that she's a cool girl and she's chill and down and game and then he actually gets to know her and then like loses interested because like she's not actually like cool girl whereas he thought of the cool girl in his own head yeah but like harry and cho are at, at fault here and what is she is doing is toxic and like abusive and the only reason that it's not like painted in that way is because she's a girl and it's like normalised and like... I think there's also something to say here, that it's normalised because women are told to be jealous of other women. And I don't think Cho actually believes that Harry is meeting Hermione for a date. I think, and it's and it discovered in the text, when Cho says, I want to talk about Cedric, why won't you talk about it, don't you need to? And Harry says, I do talk about it to Ron and Hermione. And Cho's like, of course you're talking about to Heima- Hermione. I don't think Cho believes that Harry is meeting Hermione for a date. I think she's jealous that harry has a close connection to a female because as females we're told that we are the ones to emotionally understand men men just have locker room talk they don't talk about their feelings they only talk about with women so then our automatic assumption is well they have to talk about it with their female partners because they're opening up they're opening their hearts yeah and if they talk about it to another female they're opening their hearts to someone who is a competitor i literally watched a tiktok the other day that said that men won't make friends with a woman unless they're in some way attracted to them that was just an assumption but like i think we're told as women that we have to be jealous of other women because they're going to take our man and like we have to be the emotional support because we are told to mother our boyfriends because men don't talk to each other and that is a problem men don't talk to each other and they don't open their feelings up enough but it's exaggerated by all this like cultural stereotypes around it and like yes Cho's behavior is toxic but also she is 16 so I do understand why she's jealous of Hermione it's misplaced and it is toxic but I like I don't think she would be like this for the rest of her life I think that she is just being an idiot like she's being really silly like she's being utterly silly but I also do think that article the previous year contributed somewhat to this. Like the school thinks that Harry and Hermione dated at one point and maybe Cho thinks that there is something between them and they're going to like flirt in front of her. I don't know. Maybe, but that still doesn't excuse her. Actions. Oh, no, it doesn't. I don't know. I just like, I just, I, I dislike this. I just, I think that it reminds me a lot of like girls that I've known growing up and that even as adults that think that it's really funny and mm. humorous to be the psycho girlfriend. Yeah and like it's it's literally just abusive yeah and like obviously like there's a massive massive trend of like i don't know like i mean like a statistical trend of people that have um like come from abuse going back to abuse Mm. and i think that we have harry that has come from an abusive background And then his first crush is someone that's, like, incredibly toxic and abusive. And I think that that says a lot. Yeah. And I think also that, like, J.K. Rowling coming from abuse, like, there was maybe, like, a layer of intention in that. Yeah. But, like, I do agree that it's abusive, but I do think a lot of it is childishness as well. Because a lot of it could be solved by communication. But, like... I was literally talking to you recently about how I treated a friend when I was 17, which has come back as a backlash against me. And I treated them toxically because I didn't communicate. And like, yeah, it's come back to bite me in like kind of a funny way. But at 17, I made some bad choices where I was angry at them about something. And instead of opening up and communicating, I was toxic towards them. And I'm like, I I, I think that Cho... Is showing toxic behavior, but it's it's just it's just immature because it's you don't just express yourself very well when you're that young. Yeah, but she is still older than Harry. She is, she is. But I think it's uh, personally, I think it's toxicity through immaturity than inherently she's yeah, like she as a character, like she might grow out of it. But I just like this is how we see her in the text. I, I fucking hate her. Also, like, what's a shame is like if I mean if we could just like go back in time to like before jk like was publicly a shit or if we could go to an alternate universe where she wasn't a shit or if like she could have a full redemption arc like this is one of the things that i would love to question her about and be like was and like she wrote this i'm pretty sure before the whole manic pixie daydream girl like was actually like coined as like a trope yeah but i would love to know if there was like intention in this of like breaking down harry's mental image of cho yeah versus like the reality because i just i don't know kind of knowing what we know about jk and like her history and stuff i i can definitely picture that she i mean i think that most women at some point have been manic pixie daydream girls yeah, but i definitely think that like J.K. Rowling rolling probably like i i feel like it was intentional no i do think it was intentional i think i think it's intentional that yeah he likes her through sport and is disappointed with her in real life i do think especially it's intentional. when she's not just like chill one of the lads yeah like... and she's not chill and she has this insane jealousy trope which is toxic and like he hates that he yeah. really hates it especially because yeah he he has never i mean part of this is harry's own unobservance of not like it's kind of almost cute the way he doesn't observe any feelings towards Hermione in a way that he doesn't question it is what I mean like he literally so Cho is being like oh you'll talk to Hermione about your feelings how many other girls are you seeing after Hermione and Harry when he finally cottons on that Cho is uh, Cho is jealous it takes him like a page to cotton on laughs and I'm like it's kind of adorable that he wouldn't assume that like Cho might be jealous or something like how long it took him to cotton on I'm just like oh Harry yeah Harry but like I like I get this because like I've got so many friends where I'm just like it's not that I think that they're bad looking or that they're unattractive people it's just that they are so not attractive to me and I don't even like view them as like a a sexual being (laughs) like they are just like blob, but See, not... that's funny because I honestly think everyone I meet... <laughs> I don't know. Wait, Wait do you doing? think about shagging everyone you meet? Not shagging, but whether I... <laughs> Is that bad? Do other people not do that? Well, not in like a literal like, would I fuck you way, but just like would I be compatible with you? Yes, no. Why are you trying so desperately to move on from Neil? <laughs> you like I'm not, looking for the next natural, option. It's a natural human reaction. Ah! <laughs> uh... Maybe yeah not. but i think maybe i think maybe that's like you only become aware of whether you'd like find someone a blob or not by asking yourself that question yeah but it seems like harry has never asked himself that question because much like ron he doesn't view her as a girl he just views her as like but I, his, I think, his friend <laughs> but i think because they've been friends and so close since such a young age like because i think like I don't know when I think about like my friends that i would had since like a really young age yeah. like I never had to ask myself that question they just are a my block to you yeah. yeah and then there's people that like you meet and even become friends with as an adult where you're like After oh, for a few shots or Maybe. like if it wouldn't ruin our friendship and then you have the ones where you're just like no I forget you have genitals <laughs> like you know yeah no definitely And I I think what that ties into is what Harry says in book seven, that he sees Hermione as a sister. And I think Hermione feels the same about Harry because both of them are only children and they view each other as siblings. Mm. I don't have like a head canon now where just anytime you meet a new person, you're just like... Would would I fuck fuck out of 10 like (laughs) Harry? You literally, you You have internalised Harry Harry Potter that much. Much. That I am the would you fuck scale. So yeah, all this awkward stuff happens with Cho. Cho's toxic. Harry's an idiot and doesn't cotton on what's happening happening. Cho mentions Roger Davis asking her out, which is also a bit like, everyone asks me out. I'm Cho Chang. Yeah. Hate it. Hate it. Hate. <laughs> she then brings up Cedric and like, wow, this is the worst date in history. <laughs> like, literally. Oh, no. i is the worst date. I've had worse. <laughs> than this? Than this? Than this? This is awful. Yeah, I don't want to... Hannah... Men are bad people. No, I know. I just mean in terms of awkwardness, not in terms of other things. Men are boring people. Okay, boring people, yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh no, I just had more lesbian things. (laughs) More lesbian things. Cho begins to cry and Harry... Like, I don't want to talk about Cedric. Cho says she needs to talk about him. Harry says he talks about Ron Hermione. Cho is jealous of Hermione. (gasps) But she... (laughs) This is what I found fucking petty and brilliant. Whenever she talks about Hermione, she uses her full name. Which is just the whole level of petty. Which is just beautiful. Like you know when you're angry at someone you use their full name and chose like, oh, you'll talk to Hermione Granger. You'll go and meet Hermione I'm like, there is no one else called Hermione. You do not need to last yeah. name her and yet I'll, you do. I'll, I'll, all of the Hermione's in Hogwarts. <laughs> Like, it's not like it's like a common name. You're just last naming her and it's fantastic. Excellent. When Joe finally storms out the date and then Harry goes after her, but she's gone. He mutters. Why would you go after her? I don't know. He mutters women under his breath as if he's some sort of connoisseur of dates. It's your one woman. (laughs) I'm like, you have dated one woman you have fancied one woman for your entire school career and he's like women i hate this because i hate I, harry i hate harry and i hate it from jk rowling's <laughs> point of view that she put this rhetoric in there women it's just that like oh women women are so emotional and confusing oh Ugh, women are Ugh, the old ball and chain it's that With line this. of thing where i'm just like oh jk you, you did not have to you did not have to do that it's and, and perpetuate that. such a wrong that. line to give to Harry. Literally. <laughs> Sorry, Ron, but it is. Yeah, like, it is. Like, ugh. I hate. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he like splashes through like, women. And then he's like, why does she have to bring up a topic that turns her into a waterwork? You, he hates that she cries so much. Like, he just does not like her.
1: He, doesn't. he doesn't like
0: her. He doesn't like her as a person. It's actually shocking. He's just horny. Someone get the man a flashlight. Like, <laughs> to use in a shared dormitory. Well, you know what men do at sleepovers. Two of my friends once had sex in a... Well, they weren't my friends, but I knew them once had sex in a sleepover that I was at. And we were all staying in a barn. We were all staying in a barn. We could hear it. That's not normal. You've done that in front of your friends. You do know they're not asleep. They're awake. Can hear you. And you're a bastard. Uh, hang on, let me think. I've definitely done stuff. I've definitely had sex on my friend's living room floor before. When like me and the person it was with were like explicitly told, do not have sex, which what do you expect me to do in that situation? If you leave me alone with a man and tell me not to have sex with him on your living room floor, I, I don't want to victim blame, but what did you expect me to do? All I'm saying is never, never leave me alone in a living room with a man and tell us not to have sex on your floor. Okay. I'll bear that one in mind. <laughs> Harry gets the three broomsticks and runs into Hagrid, who is very sad. That's a short bit. And then Hermione calls him over and she is with Luna and Rita Skeeter, which is just random, but okay. Also, she's with Luna. Hermione has been planning this for weeks and couldn't mention it to Harry. She had to ask Luna, ask Luna to ask you, dad. And at no point was she like, hey, I Harry, I'm planning on cornering you in a pub. This is why... Just hate it. Do vibe with it from Hermione's end. You didn't have to do this. It's a really shitty. You thing to didn't do. have to corner him. Hermione is so rude to Rita to the point where I felt sorry for Rita Skeeter, but also it was hilarious. At some point, Rita says something Herm- and Hermione replies, Find someone who cares. Savagery. <laughs> Absolutely savage. But I did feel a bit sorry for Rita, mostly because reading it as an adult, I'm like, Hermione has stopped her working. Did she check Rita's financial situation before she stopped this woman working? What if Rita can't pay rent and it becomes homeless? She, like, didn't have to stop her working? She could have just said, you're not allowed to write about XYZ thing anymore. But I suppose because Fudge won't let anything else be printed? Well, like, no, I don't believe that the entire newspaper is, like, front to back. Slander. Slander against Harry. I mean, yeah. There's got to be... You know. Yeah. But yeah, Hermione, like the text says she's unemployed. I'm like, Hermione, um you can't just make a woman unemployed. Yeah. Hermione's like, I get that she has a personal vendetta against Rita, I really do. But she goes way too far. I'm like, leave this fucking woman alone. Mm. She's just trying to work. Also, Rita is drinking straight fire whiskey. She's at that level of unemployment. She's just there sipping fire whiskey. Yeah. And can we talk about the line that Rita was gazing at Harry like he was the most beautiful thing she'd ever seen? Rita fancies Harry. There, Rita is a paedophile. No, she's a paedophile. We had this conversation last time. But the problem with the paedophilic implications is that Rita is coded as mannish and therefore bad because she looks mannish. And then you're doubling down on that by implicating some sort of paedophilic things and creating this whole disgusting trope. How did we never realise right? before all this know. that JK was a turf when every single villain in harry potter is coded as like being androgynous mad isn't it like i just and this is genuinely why i fully believe that up until a certain point in the books jk intended hagrid to be a villain Mm -hmm. and yeah if not then maybe like he's just the exception that like proves the rule or whatever that saying is but yeah. Yeah. I believe it. Hermione wants Rita to write an article of Harry's eyewitness account of what happened in the graveyard. Rita says the line. I've been waiting to tell this story. i been waiting for this to come up in the book. Rita says the line, no one will believe a cock and bull story. Do you know where the phrase cock and bull story comes from? No. It is phrase with a real origin. Or, origin, origin. It comes from... S- Stratford which is a town really close to where I live it's actually the closest town to where Neil grew up on his farm <laughs> and it has two pubs in the centre one called the cock and one called the bull and the phrase originates from the fact that someone would go to the cock and tell a story and then they would get kicked out the cock and everyone would be drunk and stumble to the bull and then the story would be repeated, and it would get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the next morning, it would be round the town, and no one would know what to believe. And the phrase originates from these two pubs that are near each other, called the Cock and the Bull, in Stony Stratford, where I live. Incredible. Are they still there? Yes, I've been to both. Have you gone to the Cock and then told a story? We in and the then gone to the Bull? <laughs> no. <laughs> you've not lived you've not lived not lived till you've done it yeah i love that uh if anyone's looking for like fun more niche things to do in the uk that's like a great little tidbit for that phrase yeah that's definitely like because the thing is like cock and bull if you'd like i i would not have thought about that as like a british saying and like this is the thing like because we started this podcast partly because we wanted to you know there Rep to be the a podcast where it wasn't Americans being like, ha oh, ha, what's that? But like half of them, we probably don't even talk about because exactly. we don't realize that. And I only things. know that one because I grew up in the area, And I actually found it really late. I didn't find it out till I was like 18, 19. And then I didn't believe it because I was like, no, that's just coincidence that there's two pubs hmm. in that town called the Cock and the Bull. And I Googled it and although it is very hard to trace because it's a phrase, historians believe that the phrase came from Stony Stratford where there is a pub called the cock and a pub called the bull. Okay, so what I should have said there is that some historians do believe that that's where the phrase or- originates from but what makes this even more funny is like no one actually knows where this phrase originates from okay this is like the suspected thing is that it originates from these two pubs in Stony Stratford but if that is not true then it is a widely believed story that it originates from the these two pubs in Stony Stratford and therefore the story in itself might be a cock and bull story that these two pubs are the origin of the phrase like there's like levels to whether it doesn't matter whether it originated there or not because if it did it's amazing and if it didn't it is in itself like local legend a cock and bull story so like i just love it that's incredible isn't it yeah i love that i mean i am i was thinking about the whole like stupid english like british language thing the other day and just the shit that we say because i just came across like well, two two words for the same thing that just... You know how, like, a lot of people don't take British people seriously and laugh at us because we just say silly things like cock and bull? Yeah. And you're just like, how is how, how is, is this what they went with? And it just often goes over our heads. And it's not until I do hear, like, an American talk about it where I'm like, no, that's silly. But genuinely, the fact that we called May, call mayflies either cockchafers or billy witches, which... What is that? Area... Sayings for things are one of the funniest things yeah. to me. But like, how do you expect people to take us seriously as a country when we call a type of bug a cockchafer? Where did that come from? What happened that someone was like, yeah, this bug really chased my cock? They were doing something with the mayfly. Then why were they telling everyone you're going to do that with a mayfly? Don't- I love this. Is what I love about the UK. I hate. So Luna is there because Luna's father is going to publish this story in the quibbler. Hermione, right, all right. we're criticising her for not telling Harry which, absolutely valid, but Hermione with this interview is playing 3D chess compared to Harry and Ron. Harry's just like, I hate Umbridge, I hate school, I hate life. Hermione's like, how can I leak information to not just the school, to the wizarding population at large, whilst getting away with it, I know someone whose dad owns a newspaper, I have a woman who I'm blackmailing, and this will, this is so much... (laughs) Let me uh, open (laughs) my Rolodex decks and people i'm currently currently blackmailing blackmailing. (laughs) and like harry never even considers this as an option because he just thinks how can i change the individual's mind you know he's pissed off at seamus yeah hermione's like how can i change the wizarding society like this girl this girl is insane in this book and i'm living for it like i just oh my god yeah also, it's, but Hermione is making to do this for free, which I'm like, just pay her some fucking money, Hermione, for God's sake. Yeah. Get Harry to pay her, he's rich, I don't care. Yeah, this is like, and I know that Hermione would never, but this is when, like, Hermione needs, like, a career in, like, PR, or in, like, political PR, I forget what they call it. Yeah. Like, the, it's, that. it's, you know, I know she would never, but it's She knows how calling. to play the game. She's, yeah. She's so smart. Like, yeah. She knows, yeah, how to play the game so it affects everyone, not just on an individual level. So the interviews. I think because she's like conscious of other people, unlike Harry, which is just like, me, me. I exist. I, Seamus me. is pissed off at me. How do I change his mind? And then the chapter basically ends, but there are two lines where Hermione talks about there's the umbrella in her drink and a cherry at the bottom. Hermione! here drinking an alcoholic cocktail like what else has got an umbrella in and a cherry in the bottom don't tell me it's a mocktail i don't want to hear it i was gonna say mocktail yeah no i like to believe that Hermione was like oh my god i've got to sit with rita and just goes up to the bar and pretends she's of age just like i'll have a cocktail like, i don't even care definitely a mocktail no because she's being so sassy i like she's too much of a goody two shoes i know it's just the fact that she's ordered something with an umbrella and a cherry and i'm like maybe she literally just had a lemonade but was just feeling really extra extra. i honestly like i something i really miss about like proper abroad holidays and when i say proper abroad i mean this in the british sense where i'm talking about like spain anywhere outside this island we live on no no i just mean like Proper abroad as in, like, Europe. Europe. Like, hot Europe. <laughs> like, that's what proper abroad be, holidays go are. Go to the south of France. We don't care about America. We don't care about Asia. We don't care about anywhere else. Just, like, south hot Europe. of France. Yeah. My point was, like, that's something I missed because I've not even, that's not even, like, a COVID thing. I have not had one of those holidays since I probably my age ended in teen. Like, in that long. So what do you miss about them? What are you saying? Drinks? Like, what are you talking about? The little umbrellas. Oh. And also, when you used to get those really fancy, like cocktail stars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd often get that. that <gasps> and the sparklers. And you'd often get all that for free because they wanted to keep your parents ordering another bottle of wine. So they'd bring you like fancy mocktails with cool yeah. straws. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you'd be by the pool with your fancy mocktails and some chips. you were lucky, cheesy chips. Oh. Fucking heaven. I want so that back. I've literally not done that since I was a teenager. So much fruit juice on holidays. Like, all my holidays since now. I mean, to be fair, I think I've been on two holidays since I was a teenager. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm very lucky, but they, like, they've both been to America, which is incredible, but it's not the same kind of holiday. Well, we were meant to go to Albania and relax on a beach, but... Uh... But i We've actually found, like, I researched the right area and a resort where we can... Right, at first, I was like, how the fuck do we go record somewhere that's forested in Albania safely? Because it's not... Oh, we are fully gonna end up in a Liam, Liam Neeson film. No, we're not. I have researched a national park, so it's safe for us to record it. Yeah. Also, at one point, we were like, okay, the cheapest way to do it is to fly to... Cyprus or Crete or Corfu, Corfu, and then get the boat over. But there's the islands are only like mile and a half apart. and At one point, I was like, could just swim. Here. Hannah is fully convinced, but I'm not that good at swimming. But Hannah I'm is not like, gonna do it. I'm just saying I could. Yeah, but uh <laughs> I would have drowned halfway. You'd like oh, get to no, the beach on the dead. other side <laughs> and be like, but yeah, I know someone that genuinely tried to do that once. No. She was drunk, but no, no. Yeah, I still want us to do like a day or two in Corfu and then Albania. Just because, like, oh, in, yeah. in Corfu, like, we definitely know that we can do that, like, touristy stuff. And i yeah. know, like, maybe we can in Albania, but it's more of, like, a risk. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Anyway, we have a question. To finish off the episode, you get to ask a question if you're a $10 or above patron. So this one comes from Emily, and she asks, if you could make any scene in Harry Potter into a musical, what would that scene be? For example, dramatic bathroom fight duet between Malfoy and Harry, with a killer Snape solo at the end. This is... That's like, maybe my favourite question that we've had. This is genius. Oh, I feel like I should have read it before though because I really need time to think about this. <sighs> okay, this is kind of bordering on film, crossing between film and mm. book because of the dramatic entrance. But okay, McGonagall is addressing the Great Hall just before the Battle of Hogwarts, telling the students they must get out. And then the DA like walk in and it's a big like chorus battle song like like full-on like lame is like tomorrow we'll discover what we in that would so. be so cheesy yes it would you want me to, to not be cheesy like imagine them all before a battle just like pulling their wands out, and you get different solos from different people is it like pans around the room is everyone the girls are like tying their hair up and making sure their shoelaces are tight and like yeah my favorite thing is when but like... you get a solo from mcgonagall at the beginning like prepping the students yeah. important yeah like in Glee when Rachel sings that song and Which song? with the what is it? It's like I can't. The lyric is something like "I'm gonna like march my band in" or something. It's like a some really like famous musical. Song. Oh yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes, don't rain on my parade. Yes, yeah. So she's singing that. And then, like, when she says, like, I'm gonna march my band, and they all of them in. come in Logan. at the back, yeah. Uh, <laughs> First, I have a glee reference on the podcast. But, but that, like, Harry being, like, standing up and then being like, yeah. the DA come in, the DA and the Order of the Phoenix come in behind him, like, yeah. can you not see this? Yeah, for uh, the podcast benefit, H- Hannah's like, Fully directing this with her hands. um <sighs> You wait till we get to the bit where I have essentially a screenplay mapped out for it. It's Christ. in a few chapters' time. Yikes. The thing that immediately came to mind was like, what would be like a cool kind of musical montage thing? Would be like one of the like da training scenes. I, I, that you could my do like mind. a good yeah. like eighties kind of bop to that, or like the Mulan, like Let's Get Down to Business. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Literally, we're just taking other songs so far. We've done, like, Barbara Streisand. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're doing Mulan. I'm trying trying to think think... of things that are more, like, solo or one-on-one. And and also from, like, other... Because I feel like we're just thinking of, like... Well, I'm just thinking of this book because it's what we're reading. So okay, okay. Of like... The bit where Hermione sees Ron and Lavender kissing, leaves the room, and yeah. then the song ends when she, like, directs the canaries at them when they walk in the room. Yeah. And, like, it would be, like, a solo about how her feelings for Ron have developed over the years, and then it ends with Ron coming in with Lavender and the canaries. Like, that would be a great song. Now, you know what song it'd be? What? <laughs> Look no. What You Made Me Do. <laughs> no, I was thinking of ballads. <laughs> I don't care, I just... <laughs> it would be taylor swift you could do the britney with the snake <laughs> Stop thinking of songs that already exist. no i'm on this now i'm on this now oh what would be a great one is you know how good the dialogue is in the shrieking shack where snake comes out the invisibility cloak and there's dialogue between three of them imagine that as like a hamilton style quick speak song or like um hungry like the wolf I'm just was... trying to create a what's it called a jukebox musical where you use songs that already exist yes because those are my favorite kinds they are of great. musicals they, no, they are great they are great yeah did you know there's a madness musical i did not yeah are you gonna come up with your own idea or am i gonna i've, I've given three now i said about the 80s montage to the da you did you did great question Like, so So good. good. I think you should all tweet us your answer to this. Please. please, Because this is such a good question. Yeah, but I'm going to get annoyed when people come up with better ones. Also, please, yeah, please tweet us also with your, like, jukebox musical ones, because I'm just like, that's my only... I don't know, I can't picture it unless it's, like, an actual song that I know. Yeah, definitely. So, that is it for this very beefy episode. Beefy. Beefy. Thank you so much. Where did that start? I know, Charlie. Um, we do these things. We do these things. This was a long one. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna go, I ruined this dress of sweat. Um, so I'm mm. gonna go to To, to, to bed, bed with Neil with... lying next to you, generating heat. And the fan's in here, so it hasn't been even cooling the bedroom down. Great. Enjoy that. I get to sleep alone. You get to get on a hot train. Goodbye, guys. Thank <laughs> <Bye. laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Veronica, Simon, Sandra, Samuel, Matalib, Matt, Kristen, Katie, Catherine, Emily, Chantelle,